You're listening to the Delay of Game podcast with your hosts, Matt and Wit. Hey, everybody. After a little break, unattended break, we're back for yay, yay! kind of like the final season recap before the playoffs start. It's your oh. host, Matt, and it's your boy, Wit. So the last two weeks weren't kind. I wasn't in hiding or anything. <laughs> we were just busy. Unfortunately, it's been a busy time for us. But False. We you were in the witness protection program. That's a part of it. <laughs> Until the commanders whooped ass on the uh, Cowboys this last week and uh, able to come out of hiding. I don't think we're going to talk about that at all, right? Like, there's no no aspects of that game that we have on the docket today, correct? I thought it was just all that epi- that game was just the entire episode. There's a lot oh, okay. to dissect. In that well, game. guys... It was a great episode for us. You all have a great <laughs> evening. <laughs> there has been a lot of shit, though, that has happened in the NFL the last two weeks. I know, man. I think first and foremost, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the the DeMar Hamlin injury and incredible recovery. Like watching the complete outpour of support from not just the NFL community, but just people, Everybody. like humanity. It became just a human issue, which has been pretty cool. Uh, it's been great to finally see like the NFL treat a player like a person. Yeah, when they have yeah. an injury, and then everyone else has really you know been so supportive, and they've been donating to his charity, which is awesome. I love that new kind of tradition that a lot of NFL fans are doing, where they're donating their money to the players, and not just giving their money to the NFL who doesn't need it. Exactly. And now I don't know if you saw, but the Bills, uh, they got the okay from the NFL to pay out the rest of DeMar Hamlin's contract. So he is going to get all of the money that he would have played or he would have gotten had he played the duration of his uh, rookie contract. So like that's that's awesome to be able to see them take a step that isn't just about the money, but taking care of this young man like that's huge. Hopefully this is a step in the right direction for what we're seeing for players in injuries because far too often we don't see this sort of support from everybody from the NFL, from the team, from the owner, from the fans. So especially these serious injuries, let's hope this is a meaningful change. I don't know how much I expect that to happen, but I'm hopeful. That's all we can do, man. So again, horrible injury, but incredible recovery. It's a wonderful story. And I don't think Hollywood scriptwriters could have done it any better than the way that I guess the universe played it out with those uh, those huge kick returns in their first game back. Like it, it was storybook. Yeah, everyone kept talking about how oh it must be scripted because that was pretty yeah, crazy to have way. first play afterwards. Yeah, the kickoff return, which rarely happens. That was really yeah. cool. Too bad for what the Patriots? Who, no, who uh, yeah, the Patriots the were Patriots. on the, the receiving end of those miracles. Uh, I guess too bad for them and their fans, but really cool for everybody else. Hey, listen, okay. In most Hollywood movies, there's a someone who's on the receiving end and someone who's on the giving end. Okay, Buffalo Bills were given this this Hollywood script, and the Patriots they were on the receiving end of this Hollywood ass whooping. So sorry for your luck. Bills played tough in that game, by the way. Like they, oh even yeah, even though the Patriots they kept it close for a long time. They did, was which which was very shocking to me because. Matt Patricia is still on that that staff. So <laughs> I was very shocked by that. Are we still shocked that he's on that staff as of Black Monday? Uh, the fact that Scott Turner still has a job, I don't think it surprises me that Matt Patricia still has a job. Fair, fair. Even though so, I think the head coaches are very different in their level of competency. <laughs> competency, tenure, seniority. like All I, I winning agree. percentages, so... I agree. Um, I'm not super surprised that Ron Rivera has just not done anything meaningful, but we'll see how that comes out. You know what? We're already there. Let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Ron Rivera and the big decision that he made a week too late with the quarterback position by starting Sam Howell as our resident commander's aficionado. What did you see? What did you like? What did you hate? About Sam Howell or just everything or... Let's let's start with (sighs) Howell, and then we'll go to everything else. Fine, the good stuff. Sam Howell showed a ton. 
Yeah. I don't want to get too much on just a one game, mm-hmm. uh, but we were watching it together, and I had mentioned it then. He had has the best tools of anyone on this team, any quarterback. When you add it all up together, he might not have the uh, act- the arm strength of Carson Wentz, but mm-hmm. it's only a little bit less, and he has much, um, much better accuracy. Oh, yeah. And he apparently has the same mobility as Heineke. Yep. And he's I got would, some that's wheels. That's what it is, yeah. And he showed great pocket presence. I mean, there was a few rookie mistakes that you saw, but this guy looked like he was in command. They didn't ask a ton from him, but he mm-hmm. delivered everything that you were hoping to see. Yeah, I f- I feel the exact same way. And as a person who is not a Commanders fan, but I have been a Taylor Heineke fan, he had the same moxie as Heineke, but with better arm strength. Yeah. Right? That what was it? 62 yard bomb, 52 yard bomb to, uh, to McLaurin. That was a dime. That was all in the air too. Like that wasn't a yeah. run after the catch. He threw it like 50 yards in the air, right to him, dropped it on the dime. That was great. You know, and for a guy who's only had one week of first team reps for him to hit his guy in stride in the bucket, like you gotta have, you, you gotta be happy with what you saw there. Very happy, extremely happy. Like I was like QB one. Like it was a ton of fun to watch. Uh, you know, again, we don't get too much hyped. It's one game against the Cowboys who came out incredibly flat, Ugh. where nothing was going your guys' way at all. But still, it showed a lot of promise. You've been talking about or shooting me down every time. I'm like, let's bring a different QB, in. and you're like, no, give Sam Howell a chance. That's true. This showed enough to say he's got to be in competition for QB1, right? Ha- has, has to, to be. be. 100%. He's a really a better version of Heineke, oh, at yeah. least when it, it comes to that arm. Like if you took Heineke, pulled off his arm, and put an NFL caliber arm on him, boom, there you go. I think if the commander's current regime stays for another season, Howell has to go into the season as QB1, and it is his job to lose. Heineke goes in as number two. Carson Wentz goes back to managing shifts at the local IHOP. <laughs> he like, needs to be that's going. the quarterback rotation done. I'm still on board with bringing in more competition, like another draft pick. Mm-hmm. And just let him fight it out a little bit in the summer. Probably, I would have to imagine it's going to be Hal's job to win easily, right. like quickly. But make him have to work for it to some extent. But we don't have in good enough room to not add somebody to it. But doesn't need to be another veteran. Let's get out of that mindset of like, mm-hmm. let's acquiring another 33 or 35 year old at the end of his career. Let's I get completely understand someone that. else, bring some more youth into the room, someone who can develop. And you know what? I don't think that's a bad idea. And the reason why I say that is because the quarterback draft this year is light. It's front loaded with like two guys, CJ Stroud and uh, Bryce Young. But there are some intriguing prospects and Will Levis, and then you've got uh, Herndon Hooker from Tennessee, Anthony Richardson from Florida. Like There are guys that have intrigue, and if you can get the value, I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah, we saw a ton of QB value this last draft, so Mm -hmm. it all depends on how that plays out, but if you can find someone in the second day range, maybe, Mm -hmm. to to bring in competition, I'm all for more competition. (laughs) Let's not... Carson wants the situation where they're like, <laughs> hey, we want to make sure this guy doesn't feel like he's got to work for the job. No, make him fight every day for that position. No, uh, agree. We do completely. that everywhere else. Let's stop holding QB's hands. So then let me ask you this. Since we're already on the commanders, I'm going to pivot to the to the the coaching staff. So Ron Rivera came out before last week's must win game and said, we need a win. Carson Wentz gives us the best opportunity to win because Ron Rivera sees them every day. Do you think he actually believed that? Or did he just think like, there's no way that we want to put Sam Howell in this pressure packed situation for his first start? Like where was the mind thought? Where was the thought process there? This is tough because Ron, he does so many things right with like the culture and what you want to see. And then every now and then he does these boneheaded mistakes that you just don't understand where he's coming from. Or he says, like, puts his foot in his mouth. And you're like, what are you doing, man? You're mm-hmm. almost good. But then you keep screwing up on times. I think this is one of those. I don't get where they're coming from. There can't have been anything in practice that made you go, oh, shit, this guy's going to be the best chance to win. I don't Agreed. know if it was just like, well, Heineke. Because, you know, 
I mean, when they did this, the switch, I was like, I don't know, because Heineke hadn't been doing that well. And we knew what we were getting from him, but we also knew what we were getting from Wentz. Exactly. Right. One guy, I want to say, Wentz went, what, two and five as the starter? And then Heineke lost his job in a uh, with a better winning percentage. Yeah. He still had a winning record for the year. Like, for this season where he started, it was like five, two, and one. Something yeah. crazy like that. Like it Something wasn't like that. bad. <laughs> yeah. You would take it. Like if you stretch that over a season, you have a winning record. You're doing well. <laughs> exactly. Like because of him, you were in the position you were like for good or for bad. Right. Yeah. Like he dug us there's out of the games hole. that you lost that you could have won because of him. But I wouldn't have gone away from it. If you were making the switch, you should have gone to Howell. You sh- if you had to, you should have gone to Howell or you shouldn't have made the switch at all. But I know that's in the past. That's last week's game. We're not talking about last week's game. But I'm with you. I think there are there's real reasons to question how that decision was made. And I'm curious if Scott Turner like had a voice in it. We'll never know, unfortunately. But I was like, well, hopefully there was something they had seen in practice that shown them like, hey, he's gotten the system down so he can bring that strong arm with a much better understanding of our offense. Clearly, that wasn't the case. I'd say so. I don't know if this is just another, like, Ron sticking with his guys. Because he seems to be kind of that Jerry Jones. Like, if you're his guy, he's going to stick with you forever. That's true. Bring you wherever he goes. He had Kyle Allen on that team. So, Mm -hmm. and I have no idea why Kyle Allen was still on that team. So, you're right. That Ron's guy. He was terrible when he played. And there's been other guys that he's brought in from the Panthers who haven't been very good, like who don't get on the field ever. But for every reason, they keep making the team as a backup, but they just never play or they don't play well. So he has this weird tendency of doing that, which I think I talked about at the beginning of the season was going to be his downfall is that if he's stuck with things that weren't working, like Scott Turner, he refuses Mm -hmm. to move on from Scott Turner. I think every other head coach by now would have gotten a new OC at this point. Oh, absolutely. I tweeted this out. The difference really between the Giants and the Commanders is the offensive coordinator. One of those offensive coordinators who's now being talked about as a head coach adjusted Mm -hmm. his offense to his players. And that's the Giants. And the other one kept trying to force a square peg in a round hole. Refused to adjust really all that much other than just let's hand the ball off on first and second down a million times. I think that might be the actual definition for insanity. So I don't know. I mean, Howell, just to circle back to how we started this conversation, I think Howell showed you enough that you were intrigued by him moving forward. You have to be. Mm -hmm. 100% agree. So that's good to see. If he's with the same offense, though, I don't know. But maybe, maybe that's the argument that keeps Scott Turner around is that, well, he's spent a year in your offense. So now he can, Mm -hmm. we don't want to start him back over in a new one. So maybe he did enough to keep point. Scott Turner's job, unfortunately. <laughs> Ooh, let's hope for uh, me as a Cowboys fan. Let's hope that is the case. <laughs> and so. Ron is not one to fire people. And also just the whole ownership situation. We talked about this during the game. Yeah. The owner, if there's a new owner, it's probably not likely for several months. And that's a terrible time of the NFL season to be putting in a whole brand new GM and coaching staff and scouts when you're yeah. trying to get ready for the draft. The free agency's already happened and everything. Like, it's such a hard time to have a plan go through. So, most likely, he's staying. If Ron stays, it seems like everyone else is staying. So, all right. Well, I think this is a good opportunity. There was another team on that same field who completely shit the bed. Oof. And that was my Dallas Cowboys. Like, uh, I was dumbfounded. <laughs> like, watching that game, like, we didn't. We did not have anything to play for, but based on the scores of the other games, it was like, okay, maybe we should, maybe this isn't a big deal. But you kept your starters in until five minutes remaining in the game, and all they got were six points. Like, there were miscues all over the place. This might have been the worst game I have ever seen of Dak Prescott. And I, I've watched all of his games. I mean, this might be the worst one I've ever seen. At one point, he was like... 13 for 33 for like 70 yards. It was awful. It was truly unreal how often he was just missing guys or when he got it to them, they dropped the ball, but nobody was on the same page the whole game. 
that's the problem. Like, so one, either he's getting the ball to them and they're not catching it, or the receivers aren't creating any separation and uh, Dak's having to make these tight window throws. It's not that he can't, but don't you want to help him a little bit? Part of that is the personnel that the Cowboys have put on the field. Part of that is Kellen Moore. Like, I don't know how many times I said it and how many times I tweeted it out. Noah Brown was your number one target. That, why does that make sense when you've got CeeDee Lamb, who is a thousand yard receiver, a hundred receptions? He's not the read. Like he was consistently one on one, but you weren't you weren't running the offense through him. Like it wasn't making any sense. Makes none. And so just to piggyback, CeeDee Lamb has thirteen hundred yards, top ten receiver in the league in yardage. So you think you could get it to him even more. Like we're seeing other receivers get fifteen hundred yards, sixteen hundred yards. Yes. Just yes. throw it to him all the goddamn time. He is able capable of taking over the game we've seen it happen exactly that's the thing that's driving me that drove me crazy like we've seen him actually get on the field be the best player and make a difference right as opposed to noah brown or ty hilton don't get me wrong ty hilton had that huge miraculous third and 30 play but i need consistency i shouldn't be going to him on third down i should be going to cd lamb i shouldn't be going to noah brown on a third and five for a 50 yard bomb that he, it hits him in the hands. Like these are the issues that I have. Like I don't understand the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a good team. If they get out of their own fucking way, this is the problem. I think between a good offensive coordinator who could be great. And then like a, just a truly great one. It's one of the things, the only good ones who have a good scheme, but they're bad at playing plays outsmart themselves. Yes. They think, oh, well, they know that I want to try to get the ball to CeeDee Lamb, so I'll throw it to my number two guy. Instead of just trying to figure out a way to get the ball to CeeDee Lamb and get him open, because we know you can do that if you try hard. Sorry about that, guys. There were some technical difficulties, but we're back now. Uh, We kind of talked about the Commanders-Cowboys games from both sides of it. Uh, I think one of the other things I wanted to talk about and that we both wanted to talk about was the Philly game. Do you think the Philadelphia Eagles should be proud or concerned with that performance that they put on on Sunday? First off, welcome to the all NFC podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the NFC East, I mean. Uh, well, they were playing the Giants, primarily their backups, right? Mm-hmm. At least a lot of them. I know they allowed a Kenny Galladay catch and touchdown. So, yes, they should be embarrassed. <laughs> That man has not done anything all season. There was a great meme afterwards. It's like, hey, Galladay's only 74 yards short or 74 catches short of his bonus now because he got one. God damn. So the fact that they were trying to win against the backups is kind of concerning. There's been a lot of concerning play by them lately, though, right? Oh, yeah. This has been a trend, right? And it's one of the things that I, I, I think we were both talking about at the very beginning. This team had the feeling that they were going to stack a bunch of wins because of the strength of their schedule, get that first round by, but fade out. And we're seeing the fade out. Uh, this, depending on who they play, they could easily be one and done. This is a team that was super hot for what? The first half. I'd say the, the first season. Sick. No, first 10 games, 11 games. First half, roughly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then it's, they've been fading at the wrong time. I like. we see it all the time. I know. I don't know if people are going to be annoyed at me, but like you got to go into the playoffs hot. You need to be playing your best football when it comes playoff times. Those are the teams that are going to go the farthest. They're not doing great. It it really is a game of momentum, right? Two years ago, we saw it with the, uh, the Tampa Bay bucks. I think they ended up winning their last seven games. They get into the wild card and they just go crazy beating everyone. And then against all odds, just completely shut down in Mahomes' led offense. Right, it's real. That's what the Bengals did. They rode that into the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I expect just piggyback off this real quick. The Lions have been hot the last season. They're only out because of their first half. They didn't make the oh, playoffs. Yeah. They're going to carry a lot of that into next season. The Lions, that would have been the team I would have been afraid to play 
going into the playoffs, Talking the way that they were rolling. Coming into the playoffs, hot. Everything going right for you. You figured out your team. You have an identity. You know what you want to do to win games, and you're doing it. Mm-hmm. The Lions are doing that. And I'm only bringing that up to say that, again, it doesn't feel like Philly is that sort of a team right now. It doesn't. And it's more concerning because they got their guy back in Jalen Hurts, but reports came out afterwards that his shoulder was in a lot of pain. Like, they are lucky to have that by then and hope that he comes back and everything's shrinking. They're still a talented team in a weak oh, yeah. NFC, which is super helpful. I truly believe this is a year anybody could get to the championship. I don't care if you're the Giants. You could get there if things fall your way. Exactly. So, but just going back to the going back to the Philadelphia Eagles, I I would not feel as as confident if I was part of Eagles Nation right now. That's just me. Might be my bias as a cowboy, but I, I really would. A lot of people are agreeing with us on this. I mean, the power rankings, if you just kind of look at them, they have they were number one for so long throughout the season. Oh, yeah. They really oh, looked yeah. like they were going to ride that into, you know, a 16-1 season and then get into the playoffs hot and just run that to the table to the Super Bowl. Everyone else is having questions just like we did way back when they were real hot. Cause we talked about yep. like, we didn't think they were going to go undefeated. We thought they're going to st- get a couple losses. 13 and four is still a great season, but it's oh, not yeah. 17 and zero. no, no. They, I think there were 14 and three, 14 and three. Okay, fine. That's yeah. still, that's, phenomenal. A, that's a damn good season. That's phenomenal. a damn good season. But who did they lose to and when that matters, right? And you then, lost to the commanders. You lost to the Cowboys, two divisional rivals, and then you lost to the saints. Like goddamn saints. <laughs> they're like, not a good team. They're not a good team. And at that point in your season, the commanders weren't thought of to be a really good team. Right. Mm-mm. So, and then they could have very easily lost to the Vikings. No, no, not to the Vikings, uh, to the Colts. Uh, then they had another really close game. Oh, the Texans, but then they blew them out in the second half. Right. So a game is 60 minutes long. You play for the 60 minutes, but we, we were seeing chinks in the armor way sooner than this. Quality of wins matter when we're trying to figure out who's going to get to the Super Bowl and who's going to win it and that stuff. So we don't see those great offensive production that they were having early on. That's kind of been what I think the bigger difference is. Their defense is still loaded and still very good. Yeah. Their offense, a lot of it, I think it's just people figure stuff out as the season goes. They start to see what you're doing. They're less surprised by it and they start to mm-hmm. come up with counters and then you have to be able to adjust to that. And I don't know if they can just lean on his arm. If he doesn't run, you know, they can take away his running threat. Then that offense gets less dynamic. Exactly. Especially exactly. if he's hurt, are they going to want to run as much? Well, that's the thing. So are you going to want to run as much and are you going to want to throw as much? Right? So the two things that he's really good at, you have to decide which one of those things you want to take from his game. Like, yeah. and that's on the defensive side and on the offensive side. Like, I don't know. We'll have to get to, get to them whenever we find out who they're going to play, but it'll be very interesting just to say the least. Certainly helps. So I'm going to throw out a little credit to Miles Sanders. He's having a phenomenal year. Oh, kind of a nice definitely. breakout. I don't know if a breakout about bounce back, but like he's playing very high level. So, oh, and with, I guess, I think he's a pro bowler. They've got like 16 of them on their team. So. He's had a great season. Well, we all know the Pro Bowl is about um, just popularity. popularity. And when you win that much, you're going to be popular. Exactly. Not that they have so. a bad team. <laughs> I hate what's uh, Howie Roseman. <laughs> How a, he has finagled uh, his way into a good team and great draft capital. I, know. I, I just Just can't. like I feel last season we were giving him shit. Oh, it was less than a year that we were just... And ragging on him we just didn't see his master plan in place and it all got it's revealed true. to everyone we're like god damn this is we a- make the joke about 4d so. chess a lot this motherfucker is masterfully playing it yeah it was like doing all these cur- pulling all these levers behind the curtain and all of a sudden like things just revealed them you're like oh this is what he's been working on damn okay <laughs> exactly this is a so. good team all right well we got lots to cover i won't keep hounding on that all right what's the next one we got here do you want to talk about the let's just maybe not just a game Aaron Rodgers yes. let's talk about him there's always news at the end of the year with him 
Are we expecting Aaron Rodgers to play again for Green Bay under that huge contract he has? So what is it? He's got $60 million guaranteed next season. That is a lot of money to walk away from. But if I'm the Green Bay Packers, yes. We're, I Here's your check. You had a good run. Go right off into the sunset and talk about conspiracy theories with <laughs> Joe whoever. Rogan. Yeah. like Go start yeah. your podcast career. Exactly. Like you've had a good run. We've got Jordan Love under contract for one more year. It's time to see what he can do. That's and their best case scenario, right? Yeah, it has to be. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, if he'd have gone out one another MVP, then it's like, oh, shit. No, we can't. We can't just let that walk. But he played awful this season and not awful by a lot of people's standards, but by his standards, like he was not good. He was nowhere near the Aaron Rodgers we're used to seeing. And it's a story of production that I think everyone could look at and say, Jordan Love should be able to replicate. Exactly. And the really good thing that was that was cool to see was Christian Watson develop on the field. I want him to develop with our quarterback of the future, right? I don't want him to develop with this guy we've got on rental for one or two more years. Like, usher in this new era, okay? Go forward with Jordan Love. I, If it's me, I don't bring Aaron Rodgers back. But what do you think? Do you think we've seen the last of him in Lambeau? Well, the question is, if you don't want him to come back, how do you make that happen with that contract? Do you just have like a come to moment, like come to Jesus moment with him and be like, hey, Aaron, look, <laughs> we'll pay you a bunch of money if you retire or something, because they owe him a ton of money. Oh, a ton they of money. They can't just cut him. They would have to find someone to trade, and then that person would have to eat a ton of cap, a yeah. ton of his cap, which is the only way to, to pull that off. From what I was doing some research on, they can't just cut him. It's too much. So if he retires, that's all different, though. And maybe if they entice him to retire, mm-hmm. they could pull that off. Because usually you lose all your contract, but maybe they could work something out where he gets some money still. So they're saving okay. cap. He's getting money. I don't know if that's the thing, but they can't just cut him. So I don't know if you're like, hey, we're going to make you look stupid <laughs> if you stick around. Like, right. you know, you're still at the height of your popularity. You know, if you keep playing and you look like shit, you're going to become Brett Favre where everyone's like got this bad taste in your mouth when you leave. And, yeah. You know, go out on your high still. Like people are still like, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's great. You could, yeah, you could start podcasting, you know, just talk to him about all that stuff. You could go as crazy as you want if you're not on our team. I mean, let's be honest. Jay Cutler has a podcast and Aaron Rodgers is infinitely more popular than he is even in Chicago. So I just... I think you're right. Like, I think you have to just ride off into the sunset. Although, would it be an interesting dynamic if he plays hardball? He's like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not done. I'm not walking away. What if the Packers are like, okay, fine. You're going to be the number two guy. I mean, you could keep him on there. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. But, two like, guy, but it's the same as what they're paying him now. So yeah. That would be interesting. They need to get Jordan Love on the field, though. I completely agree with that. Because that's somebody I would love for Washington if they could... If he sticks around, if Rodgers does, they're going to mm-hmm. need to ship out Jordan Love. So maybe you make oh, a yeah. move then. And then you have a great QB, like at least a young QB room with tons of potential. Because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you might know. I don't think there's ever been a situation where a first round draft pick was franchise tagged and he's only played like three games. <laughs> no. I don't think there's ever been a situation like That's that. That's definitely not the case. That would be a first in the worst possible way for Green Bay. <laughs> like, that makes no sense. That would be stupid. So, yeah, if Rodgers stays and they're committed to him, they need to move on to Jordan Love now because with one year left on his contract, I think they picked up the fifth year on him, I believe. Or maybe that's what they have to do now. They, they have to do they have to do now. So if you trade I him think, beforehand, I guess yeah. the other team could do so. And then at least they know they have two years of this guy at a very reasonable salary to see what he's doing, and then you can work out an extension. So... Jordan Love is going into his fourth year this year. Yeah. So then yeah. the new team, I think, should be able to exercise the fifth-year option if you traded him, like, say, in February. Because mm-hmm. the fifth-year option is until March or something. Right. So his trade value is much higher at that point than if you trade him next year when there's only a year left and that team knows they are under the gun and they probably have to franchise tag him and deal with all that bullshit. And you don't want to do that. Well, Cheeseheads and Packers Nation, I want to know what you guys think. We're going to tweet this one out, I think. I want to find out what you guys' input is, so be on the lookout for that. It's a crazy situation they got themselves into with the decl- the quick decline of Rodgers. 
<laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. What else we got? There's so much stuff that's been going on. I know, I know. We've got like a list here, and we're like, okay, let's. We're trying to cherry pick the ones we think are really, really juicy that we want to. Okay, into. let's. The big Monday news, Cliff Kingsbury. We talked about it. I wasn't sure if they would pull the trigger after giving him all that money. He gets fired. Oh, yeah. I think we we first brought up this scenario probably like week 10 or 12 when it was clear that him and Kyler Murray were not going to work. You weren't going to get rid of the franchise quarterback. Those yeah. are much harder to find. So we, we kind of already laid the breadcrumbs, but like you said, we weren't sure if it's something that they would actually pull the trigger on. That's since uh, head coach contracts are fully guaranteed. That's a ton of money to just lose out on because your oh, GM yeah. was an idiot or your owner was an idiot yeah. and extended this guy who we knew had issues. But yeah, you're absolutely right, though, because when you look at the, the GM situation in Arizona as well, Steve Kime is stepping down. So it it's going to be hard for whoever comes in. Right. They made that the decision to extend everyone after they had that really good season where they jumped out to that huge 11 and one lead, but then faltered down the stretch. So I don't know what happens from there, but on almost an unprecedented move to make such a rash, uh, termination, right. After paying out all that guaranteed money. But again, we talked about it. It's easier to replace the head coaches because there's no cap. The quarterback, there's no cap penalty. Is there's a cap penalty, and you know it's hard to find an NFL quarterback. They even said that Kyler Murray will have input on the new head coach. That's how much power these contracts are giving quarterbacks. Absolutely, which is insane. I, if not for the fact that Lincoln Riley had already signed a huge contract with USC, I fully would have expected Kyler Murray to try to lure him over to Arizona. One hundred percent. Which can I talk about this real quick? Of course, the lack of success of college coaches in the NFL, it's shockingly consistent except for Jim Harbaugh outside of the outlier. He is the outlier. He's the outlier. Otherwise, from the last like 2000, since Steve Spurrier tried it, it's been no one else. Everyone else has a losing record and some of them are just terrible. I mean, the great Nick Saban, right? He was like. 10 and 23 or something like that. It's usually just a horrible shit show. Cause it's such a different game. It is. It's a different world. You're playing against grown men who are all fast. Like you don't have the one guy who can outrun everybody. Yeah. You don't have those competitive advantages where you're one player. Who's a top 10 pick is just destroying everyone. Exactly. And, or you're Alabama who has, you know, at least for a while there was having number one draft picks be on the bench because they had guys ahead of them that were so good. Exactly. It's, you know, you can't get that much depth in the NFL. You're lucky to have, you know, quality starters at every position, not to mention a backup who's maybe not just some terrible guy who should be out of the NFL, but you're just desperate for someone when you're your fourth center or something crazy like that. Well, and then I think that it's one of the reasons, like looking at that stat you were talking about, it's one of the reasons why it's very incredible what uh, Pete Carroll was able to do with the, uh, with the Seahawks. Right. He makes the transition, turns them into a playoff team his first year there. The next year they end up getting Russell Wilson. We know what they do. Russell Wilson leaves his first season gone. What does he do? He gets the team into the playoffs again with Geno Smith. Like it it happens, but it is rare air. Yeah, I guess Pete Carroll will be the other sort of option. I don't know. Did he have some NFL experience before then, though? He did. You're right. He uh, he was with the Jets for like a season or two. Then so, went back to USC. So yeah, you're right. That's yeah, which I guess is a little which bit would of support a, your th- which would support what you a were saying. Bit. But still, I mean, again, it's the odds are low when we see these owners reach out to just like NFL, it's not NFL college head coaches and expect them to turn things around. Pete Carroll though must be a damn good coach. I think he's better than I was giving him credit for. <laughs> Agreed. <a> sidebar. <laughs> Agreed. One hundred percent. Arizona, we've been talking about it for a while, man. They have a big terrible mess on their hands and i guess it's yep. going to cost them a ton of money to try to correct it they were willing to do so i'm shocked that usually they're kind of a cheaper franchise yeah they're a little bit more frugal you would think but with clingsbury they they went out and they got all the names but 
who are the people who are going to be on that team now? Because J.J. Watt's retiring. Um, they just signed Buda Baker, so you're, you're going to have him. But on the offensive side, you're not going to have more than likely A.J. Green. You're not more than likely going to have DeAndre Hopkins. He has not been right? the same in that offense. Exactly. Like, even before the uh, the suspension for the PEDs, like, he wasn't the same guy you saw in Houston. So what happens there? They've got James Conner running back, but is James mm-hmm. Conner your guy? Like, He's not that much of a difference maker. You let Christian Kirk go, who... I get not wanting to pay him that much money, but he's had a solid season. He's had a solid season. With the Jags. Like, he keeps developing. He might make that contract look okay. We were giving yeah. him shit a couple of weeks ago, but he did get 1,000 yards. So he's not in the top 10, which is kind of what you want to see with that $21 million, But <laughs> he wasn't too far outside of it in his first year with the Jags. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got a lot of rebuilding that you have to do around one guy. And it's all chips for on better. Kyler Murray. Exactly. For better or worse, he doesn't appear to be the guy who who's does well with pressure. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I don't know. We'll see. So this maybe is a better off season topic. And I know like we have so much to talk about. I don't know if I should be just adding shit. But <laughs> Kyler Murray, I think, is a huge problem. It shows an example of the huge problem of quarterback contracts right now. Because mm-hmm. he reset the market, right? Or at least he got top dollar when he yes. resigned. We all can see how clearly different he is than uh, Mahomes, than Josh oh, Allen, my God. Yes. than even, you know, any of the top, you know, like Aaron Rodgers when he was at his prime. He's not worth, he's not as good as those guys. He's a good quarterback, but mm-hmm. he's not them. When we pay these kind of above average quarterbacks more money than we're paying the top guy, the actual superstars, every time that happens, the Chiefs get a competitive advantage over yes. that team. Because they're paying their quarterback, who is much better than yours, less money. I don't think it would be hyperbole to say that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL for the foreseeable future. No, he got better this year. He had to change his game. We talked about how that was going to happen. We saw it happen. He is not just throwing it deep to Tyreek Hill every time. He had to really start finding the open guy. We see him spread it around. Now he's still feeding Kelsey like crazy. Oh, yeah. They they are still eating plenty. Was a good pickup, but he has a lot of guys who have, you know, four or 500 yards now. Like he spread it around quite a bit to a handful of people. Exactly. You know, and the Chiefs got him for what, 10 years? They got him for a super long contract, which is incredibly helpful. And at this point, he's not the top dollar guy anymore. Exactly. The best quarterback needs to be paid the highest money. Otherwise, every other team is just shooting themselves in the foot when they spend more money on a worst quarterback. Exactly. And that's the thing that's that's hard in one sense, because you can't you can't let go of a guy who threw for four thousand yards, let's say, like in Kirk Cousins. Right. But in the same breath, he is not Patrick Mahomes. Dude, you want to pay him Patrick Mahomes money Mm-mm. every time right? that happens. When you do that, it takes the ability to build around him. Yes. That's the only way other teams can catch up in a passing league is by accumulating enough talent around that sub, you know, less quarterback to try to make up the difference. You need yeah. more players who are better. So you would have to hope that like, this is kind of what happened with the Colts and Peyton Manning when he was getting paid all that money, the Colts had a tough time building a truly competitive roster around him because he right. ate like 30% of their cap and there was no other quarterback kind of close to that number. And so the Colts had a tough time. They had Marvis Harrison. They had a few other people, but they couldn't just load the team with talent. Right. So then it falls back on your draft, right? Do you trust your evaluators? Do you trust your ability to draft? The Colts, using your example, they were able to draft Reggie Wayne. They were able to draft Edron James. Uh, what was the kid's name? Joseph Adai, right? They had something to try to counteract that, that a lot of teams do not. Which kept them successful. They only got one Super Bowl out of, you know, one of the best quarterbacks we've seen. In, of all time, yeah. Of all time, yeah. He was a phenomenal quarterback, and they had a hard time putting enough talent to get past the Patriots, who were paying Tom Brady less money because he usually was willing to accept less money. Yeah, yeah. they could use that to their advantage. But in all fairness, just for this conversation, Tom Brady got top billing his second contract. His third, fourth contract is when he took less money because he wanted Fair. to just keep winning. Yeah. So... so I don't know. 
it'll it'll be interesting and you're right that's an off-season topic so let's try to get this one back on the rail so sure. I, I i just want to bring bad. it up since that's the whole that's essentially what's happening they paid murray so much money that he's worth more to them than their head coach that they just resigned and they have to pay him out his full contract so that's seems insane to me but it's just the way the nfl is exactly so speaking about like just the the fact that Kingsbury got fired, we've got a lot of head coaching vacancies, right? We've got Indy, Arizona, Denver, Carolina, Houston. What is the most attractive spot if you're, let's say, Sean Payton or one of these up-and-coming OCs? Okay. Um, I kind of like the Broncos. Yeah? I don't know if everyone else does, but there's been a huge difference in play from Russell Wilson with Hackett and now post-Hackett. True. It's night and day difference. So I don't know if he was, if Hackett was just that terrible mm-hmm. or if something else was going on, who knows? Maybe there'll be some injury news comes out that Russell Wilson was dealing with for the first half of the season or that was undisclosed or whatever. Undisclosed. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't know, but I feel like maybe he was even playing just to get rid of Hackett. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> There's plenty <laughs> of conspiracy there, but he has been really good lately. Actually, like, at least I don't know if it's been the Seattle Russell Wilson, but he's been a very competent quarterback. Legit, again. anything is better than pre-Hackett Russell Wilson. But yeah, anything they have so. a good defense still, even with they Agreed. traded away Chubb. Like they still have a good defense. They still Agreed. have a ton of weapons at receiver. Oh, so yeah. if you believe that Russell Wilson at least is kind of what we've been seeing these last couple of weeks, that's a guy you can win with, with everything oh, else absolutely. around him. So. And it's all about the quarterback, baby. As it should be. I think I would probably have to agree with you. With everything that's in place already on the team, I would probably pick the Broncos as well. Like you said, they've got a ferocious young defense. They've got one of the top young corners in the league and Patrick Sertain. You know, yes, they've got the outside weapons on the offense. Like, there's a lot to be be desired uh, in Denver. So I, I would also go with that one. We just we brought this up when we were together. Jerry Judy had the quietest 1,000-yard season ever. Yeah. He had Russell Wilson playing his worst football ever, really just below average quarterback play. Still got 1,000 yards. Well, and it's because they were only putting up 12 points a game. <laughs> like, he was apparently eating the middle, like, those 80 yards on the field. But is those last 20, 40 yards, I was like, oh, no. Not so much. This was a team, especially with Hackett, that loved to run the ball. And he still got yeah. a thousand. So I think if you're a coach, you're looking at there's tons of potential there. All right. So uh, my excuse me, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, and then I wanted to do one last one before we go into our previews for the super wildcard weekend. Sure. Who do you think is gonna be the most or the next likely opening? LA Rams or Washington? So LA Rams would only be if Sean McVay Decides to retire because there's rumblings for that, right? Well, a report just came out that he's given permission from all, for all of his coaches to seek interviews. Oof. Okay. Well, then I'm going to say the Rams because <laughs> of what I said <laughs> earlier. Uh, if there was an ownership change happening quickly, then I could see Washington being the new spot. Cause that was your other option, right? Yes. Rams, Washington. I could see because the new owner, I believe is going to look at what Washington has say, hey, there is some potential here. There's a team that had terrible quarterback play for the most part and still had an 8 and 8 and 1 record. They were the new 500 by the way. First team to pull it off. 8, eight oh. and 1, 500. <laughs> eight and a half wins, eight and a half losses. Boom. Perfectly balanced. So, you think there's some potential there. You just got to figure out the quarterback spot, which is the same with all the other teams we were kind of talking about. Like the Panthers aren't a bad spot except for quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Sean McVay is retiring, then that's going to be a lot quicker than I think if a new owner comes in who might want to wait a year just because of how everything plays out for what I said before. Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you. I always probably look at the Rams, especially considering the report that just came out and that's huge. the fact that this, uh, this report about McVay seems to be gathering more steam. There's got to be a, a kernel of truth in there somewhere. So I, I would pick that one, too. Yeah, you're not telling your coordinators, hey, you might want to go interview unless yeah. you're thinking about retiring. Because he seems like a good guy. He's not the type who would just spring a retirement on them and say, yeah, too bad for you guys. You don't, you're out of a job. I didn't give you a heads up. 
you know, if he waits like a month to do so, then all the head coaching jobs or all the coordinator jobs are going to be taken. I don't think he would do that. I think he's a good enough. He seems to be a good enough guy to like, I want to make sure my people on my staff are okay. Yeah, you're right. He seems like a good dude. So that's definitely another one to watch. Mm -hmm. Now let's go ahead and jump right into our wild card predictions. So, okay. Can we, Oh, go ahead, please. I just want to make a bold prediction for the, the playoffs. Okay. I'm going to throw my hat into the ring. Now Dallas wins. Oh my God. And gets to the NFC championship. Oh my God. I hate you so much. I, oh, God damn you. Matt. I can't say Super Bowl because I can't put those words in my mouth in that order. <laughs> but <laughs> NFC championship, they're going to get there. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this is fine. The curse. You said that pre- you said to be all on board. This is your own doing. I'm trying oh. to be supportive. All right. Well, then Tampa, Dallas. That's we fine. We, it's we know Dallas, who you're picking. I feel super confident about this one. I'm about to go put $5 on my bet on Dallas. I need photographic evidence that you did it. I will yes. send it to you. You need to post it. It needs to be in there. I need to see this bet live for me to believe that you wholeheartedly <laughs> expect the Cowboys to get to I'll the NFC Championship. I'll put $5 down on the money line. That way they can't screw me over with the spread. Money oh, line, I don't even want to fucking talk about it. It's going to happen. I was confident of it last week. We saw the outcome. I feel good about this week. All right. Well, then I'm going to go against my gut here, and I'm also going to say the Cowboys. Uh, uh, <laughs> on to the next one. It. Just pick the, pick the next game. Just pick uh, the next this game. This is Matt. my best way I get to, to get with it. <laughs> Just pick the next game. I don't know what order they're going to be played in. Let's talk about Jacksonville, LA Chargers. Jacksonville in the playoffs. Right? They went, what, 2-3? and th- 15 last season or something like that three and 14 to winning their division like shows what good coaching can do playing quality football now i know we've seen them play some really good football lately and we have your your afc team the chargers with your boy brandon staley who are you picking Uh, we just talked about momentum i think it's a real thing i'm taking the jacksonville jaguars I really like the Chargers, and I want to see Justin Herbert and them just continue to advance. But this feels like Jacksonville is like they're they're on a tear right now, and Doug Peterson's got playoff Super Bowl win coaching experience. I worry that Brandon Staley screwed up because he was aggressive. He tried to go for the win last week, and he got his players injured. Yeah, maybe he should have rested some of them, or at least by the time it kind of seemed like they weren't winning, the game start pulling people out. So I think that was probably going to be enough. He kind of, with his aggressive nature, yet again, screwed them over. I'm going to go Jacksonville as well. All right. Okay. So then next game, I don't, I don't, I really don't want to say this one, but we kind of have to, if we're talking about the wild card weekend, Buffalo, Miami, Buffalo, Buffalo. Oh yeah. Buffalo is rolling. Okay. I don't think it matters if Tua plays or not. I think, I think it's Buffalo. Mm-hmm. They've been, again, momentum. They've been really good lately. Okay. Uh, I think it goes for the same one. 49ers, Seahawks. 49ers. Yeah, I would think so, even though didn't they just play recently and the Seahawks played decently well? They did, and then lost. <laughs> so I'll still roll with the 49ers. Same. I think Brock Man. Purdy, it, he continues the Cinderella run, but it's next week, the week after this. That's where that shit starts to get real. Get your parlays ready, people. Like, it's true. We're all on board, even though I would probably leave Dallas out of it if I were you. Oh, yeah. Don't touch that one. Do not <laughs> touch that bet. Do not touch that Stay leg Stay away from that all. one. But the rest of these, feel good about all, it. All solid. Okay. What's the next one, Matt? Let's do Minnesota New York Giants. Two Ooh. pretenders facing each other. One of them has to win. It's true. I mean, one of them's got the best receiver in football. That's helpful. That is helpful. But then the other one has a really good running back in Daniel Jones. <laughs> and a top five <laughs> defense. So, ooh, or at least that's hard. Some stats. They're really good defense. They are really good defense. I'm going to have to go with the Giants. That's a bold prediction. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I'm going to finally go differently. I'm going to stick with Minnesota. They've been winning it close. They still, even though they... One ugly often, they find a way to win. I think they okay. pull it out this week. I don't know if they're going to go in the next week, like after this one, but I think they mm-hmm. win their first game. 
So you picked Minnesota to win. Does it does it change your your prediction that they play at four thirty? Who four thirty? Her cousins. He's. I'm gonna say it's okay, even though, fuck, we know there's gonna be an upset, which I guess I already have the Jags, right? Yeah. Uh, Bills, Bengals. Well, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna stick with the Vikings. Okay. All right then. And then, what's the last game we got here? Ravens and Bengals. Do we know if Lamar Jackson's playing that game yet? I was actually just wondering that myself. If he plays, it's a different game. Even though what? I'm still going to go Bengals. They're Same. playing really good right now. The Ravens have Kyle look not so great. I think their slide I, continues. I think the Ravens have definitely been hit with the the injury issues, right? Yeah. If Lamar Jackson comes back, he's a spark. That's great. But there's going to be some rust. Joe Burrow, that dude is diming people up like every week. This week will be no different. Their offense has hit a stride the last couple oh, yeah. of weeks. Like, it's been pretty. So, the injury list, since you brought it up, still shows Lamar being out. I don't know if that's just too early in the week. But they also mm-hmm. have four other people unquestionable. The Cincinnati only has one player questionable. Ooh. So, health make matters a lot in the playoffs. Like do you, you still have said. that list up by any chance? I do. Is Mark Andrews on that list? Uh, he is not. Okay, because I know he was out this last game, and I wasn't sure if it was an illness or an injury. So he's right now not showing on the injury report unless, I mean, it's only showing questionable and out, so he might be more, I don't know, probable or something. But uh, So if you're a Ravens fan, you can tweet at us, tell me if I'm wrong. But All right. Okay. Well, this is my favorite weekend of the playoffs. I love wildcard weekend, and I'm probably going to watch every single game. So I am super excited. It's a fantastic week. Last year was so much fun. We had so many great games. I think we're going to see the same thing. We're probably going to be wrong on half of our picks because craziness always happens. It's the ones we bet on. Those are the ones we're going to be wrong on. (laughs) Yes. So absolutely correct. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, man, this was a jam-packed episode, guys. We, We went long, but we just had a lot to talk about. As always, it's been a fucking blast just talking shit with Matt, having you guys listening. It's been great. Till next week. Later.